This is Fine Rambles, number 47. So this is kind of a dark episode, (laughs) for which I apologize, especially if it comes across the wrong way. These are ideas that I'm still working through. But here are several of the stories that I read about in the first quarter of 2019. Again, a select number of stories from only 90 days. January 17th, Bogota, a suicide bombing kills 21 people. January 18th, Mexico, fuel thieves rupture a pipeline, killing 124. January 25th, Brazil, a dam guarding a mine owned by Vale breaks after numerous warnings, killing 134. January 27th, in the Philippines, Two bombs at a church kill 20. February 5th, Afghanistan. Taliban attack during peace talks, killing 47. February 13th, in Iran. Suicide attack on the Revolutionary Guards kills 27. February 14th, in Kashmir. A suicide attack on Indian security personnel kills 40. February 20th in Bangladesh, a fire kills 78. February 26th in Pakistan, India bombs Pakistan, claiming to be targeting terrorists. 300 die. March 10th, Ethiopia, flight 302 crashes, killing 157. March 15th, New Zealand, a white terrorist attacks two mosques, killing 50. March 15th, same day, Mozambique, a cyclone, hits land, killing 624. And then just last week in Houston, there was a very serious benzene spill, which is likely to cause cancer in the future. My response to this litany of horror and tragedy is, unfortunately, I get exhausted. I get drained. And I find myself, over time, less and less capable of expressing the emotions or the emotional response that I think is appropriate. And I don't think I'm alone in this. So Joe Rogan, on his podcast, recently had a war reporter by the name of Ben Anderson on. And Ben Anderson is basically a reporter who goes out with U.S. troops during actual live engagements. And Joe asked him what that was like. And Ben said something like, it's very exciting. It's almost, you know, a a high for the first 15 minutes. (laughs) And then he says, your adrenaline just runs out. You can't produce any more of the chemical. And then the experience, which is life or death, just becomes dull. He described an experience he had being shot at, bullets pinging off the walls around him, stepping over dead bodies, seeing an IED at his feet, and The word he used to describe this was boring. He was bored. 
And this reminded me of a poem I read a long time ago by Denise Levertov. The first line of the poem is, Each day's terror, almost a form of boredom. And so I don't think we're capable emotionally of responding appropriately to these tragedies. And you know, you know, I know, <laughs> I know that's not what we're supposed to say. We're supposed to say something like thoughts and prayers, but that just seems so tepid. It, and I think it's hypocritical at some level, because if we pretend we can respond emotionally to every single tragedy, it's not true and it's not helpful. We didn't evolve in a world where we could get instantaneous news about the tragedies that occur to 7 billion people. It's just too much to process. It's too much to handle. We evolved to live in tribes of 150 people. That's what our, our gauges are set to. And this is called scope neglect. So here's the good news. <laughs> the good news is that we care enormously what happens to one person, even if that person is a stranger. We're willing to sacrifice greatly to help that one person, to care for them, because we do care. But that ability to care, it doesn't grow proportionally with the number of people affected. It doesn't scale correctly. We can't care 10 times more for 10 people as we do for one person. We can't care a million times more for a million people. We can do the math. We simply aren't emotionally capable of comprehending large numbers. And this is, this is a blind spot. It's an evolutionary blind spot. And... <laughs> Knowing about a blind spot doesn't help. You don't magically get to see in the blind spot because you know it's there. So scope neglect is not a solvable problem. That's, <laughs> that's the bad news. And unfortunately, this leads me to what I consider to be an uncomfortable conclusion, which is that more information about distant tragedies is not better. More news about these tragedies is not useful. It makes us feel helpless. It's exhausting. It's depressing. It makes us anxious. It makes us outraged. It makes us hate. And we spread that outrage and that hatred to other people. And as a result, we act inappropriately. We try to intervene in places that we don't understand, that we're not capable of understanding. Interventionism doesn't work. It predictably creates escalation and unintended consequences. And instead of solving the problem, it just creates more tragedy. The alternative is localism. Again, it's an unpalatable truth. We only have a finite amount of attention and time and resources to give. And we should give them to a community 
that's a size that we are capable of understanding. A community where information isn't compressed into 140 characters or a news blurb or a filtered picture, where we may actually be able to act without ruinous unintended consequences, where where we can see people as three-dimensional, as complex, as evolving, frail, tragic beings who are very similar to ourselves, not as this two-dimensional username or snapshot. I'm talking about a high-resolution world where we see the people we talk to, where we interact with them on an iterative, continual basis, not as some one-off, where we can actually see and analyze the consequences of our actions, where, where there are ties that bind the community together, Ties of of family, of employment, of religion. Ties of responsibility and obligation. Heck, you know, just, just the ties of living in the same place with the same weather and the same sports teams and the same local issues that serve to bring this sense of community to everyone. Anyways, I think that's, uh, that's enough soapboxing for one week. I'll catch you later.